are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. I am one of your hosts, Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my good friend, Connor Drios, and this is the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Thanks again so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, which includes, but is not limited to, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere and everywhere in between. Also, make sure that you follow us all on Twitter, myself at RichieBrads36, Connor at Drios. And the Locked On Sun Devils page at LO underscore Sun Devils. Now today, we got a fun little episode for you as the Sun Devils football program has finished its season. Unfortunately, not in the way we wanted it to. We got some good and we got some bad to talk about, but there's there's plenty to talk about here. And then we got a little bit of basketball to talk about too. And unfortunately, it's another loss. So Connor, it is not Victory Monday. It's not even close to being Victory Monday. But it is a Monday. And I got to ask, how are you, my friend? I could be better. I was uh, not going to lie. It's a pretty rough weekend coming off that, uh, what was it, Friday? The play- no, no, no. That was like Thursday to play the Vegas Bowl. Then the, the loss to Cal yesterday for the Sun Devils basketball team. Dude, we are in for a long couple months. Long, long couple months. I- ideally, this basketball team can get to get kind of back to it and get back in the win column here sooner rather than later. But not a good Cal team they just lost to. So, unfortunately, a lot of talk about in a negative sense today. No, and unfortunately, there there is a lot of negative to be talking about. There's going to be a lot of negative with the basketball team that's going on. And overall, it's just it, it's going to be a long, grueling few months. But remember that we do have our podcast Monday through Friday, the best Sun Devils content in the whole wide world. Before we get started, this episode of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast is brought to you by Sonos, the official sponsor of of ESPN College Football, reinventing home audio for today and tomorrow, the smart home sound system. Help the world listen better. Connor, I really wish that I had Sonos right now so that I could just play music and drown out the sorrow and the misery that is the Sun Devils sports programs right now. But instead of being pessimistic for the whole episode, we'll go ahead and start out with some optimism. The good thing is, is we hit the spread. Woo! For Wisconsin, Woo! who is favored? Woo! No, no, no! That's a bad thing. Our wallets are a little bit bigger, but our hearts are a lot smaller because that left a bad taste in my mouth the way they lost that football game, Richie. But let's let's start with the good. You mentioned that we're going to get to that a little bit later on the podcast. There was definitely some good things to come out of it for sure. Maybe not exactly what we expected. I will say this has been a consistent theme throughout the season, and I want. I wanted to at least be appreciated. Uh, the, the ability for the defense to be able to adjust at halftime, most games, not all games, most games, uh, the defense has had multiple shuts out in the second half of several games this year uh, against quality opponents. Was that against, like UCLA was one of those games that comes to my mind. I think, yes, they shut out. I think they out. shut out UCLA. They did. Uh, again, at the time, very quality opponent. And same thing for Wisconsin. So not that this was a very high-scoring game, but regardless, Defense has played very well in the second half of a lot of games this year. You just kind of wish they were able to figure it out a little bit early on in the game. But definitely definitely good on the defense for sure. Yeah, it was really nice to see the defense make some adjustments. And on the on that note of those second half adjustments came the... the, the <laughs> I can't Spit talk. it out, son. Spit it out. <laughs> can't got my tongue. 
Braylon Allen got the clamps in the second in half. In the second half, not the in first the half, half by any means. Give him the clamps! They they were able to really do a good job limiting what he was able to do because in the first half, good God, I thought he was going to break the single game record, which is like 450-some-odd yards. Braylon Allen had more yards on the ground. I think I even tweeted this. He had more yards on the ground in the first half than the Sun Devils as a team had yardage. He had like 104, give or take, and the Sun Devils had like high 90s or something like that. Wasn't good. Buddy, I got news for you. The Sun Devils had a flat 60 rushing yards in the game. Oh, no, no. I, got, uh, I meant uh, like overall yardage as a team in the first half. So like passing. I passing gotcha. and rushing. Like, I was, no, was going to say. No matter if you're confused or not about what I just said, that's still not good. For what it's worth, he does tie Jaden Daniels passing yards and Braylon Allen rushing yards, both at 159 for the whole game. But focusing on the positive here, because that's that's the way we're kicking this podcast off. They did a really good job buckling down and slowing down Braylon Allen in the second half. They were able to get more pressure at the line of scrimmage. They didn't let a lot of room uh, develop for Allen to run through those lanes and just gash the defense. Overall, I mean, par- part of this was they did shut Wisconsin out in the second half. And the biggest reason why is because they were able to almost eliminate Braylon Allen from the game plan. Yardage aside, like he, he didn't end up finding the end zone. Had two catches through the air, but didn't score through the air. Did not score on the ground. If you would have told me, and our apologies for not saying this sooner, we didn't realize Ches Malusi was not going to be playing in this game. Uh, one of their two stud running backs, Braylon Allen being the other one. If Allen did not find the end zone, even looking at the yardage, I would have thought, man, the Sun Devils were really in this game. And now I understand they only lost by seven. In my opinion, it feels like it was a much bigger loss. It, it feels like they lost by closer to like almost 14 15 points that, that's just that's that's just my opinion maybe you guys feel a little bit differently just it didn't feel like asu was as in this game maybe as they seen but richie brought up a good point brandon allen was uh what was not shut out per se but he did nowhere near the damage he did in the second half what he did in the first i want to say he had over 10 yards of carry or darn near close to it in the first half he only ended up an emphasis on only finished the game at, at five and a half yards per carry which is obviously still phenomenal uh, Richie, you made a note before the podcast that I guess that kept him under seven yards carry on the season. Boom, shakalaka, shakalaka, shakalaka. That is the greatest commercial known to man, if you know what he's talking about. Um, but definitely, I guess, a, a like mental badge of honor for the defense, like a, a good for you. I would be remiss if we did not talk about BJ Green. Freshman defensive tackle had two sacks in this game, Richie. Two sacks. Uh, of all the things that we can talk about negatively for the Sun Devils, whether this game or what we had to look forward to, this defensive line for the Sun Devils is going to be fun for at least the 2022 season. There is a ton of talent there, uh, and Pierce, the defensive coordinator, has just been uh, essentially phenomenal to getting the most out of that defensive line. Yeah, and he was able to get five sacks on the year and very, very limited uh, t- time on the field. So I think that he could be a guy that we could really start to rely on. Coming in, according to ESPN, at six foot 260, so he's undersized, but there is a lot of room for him to add on weight. And, and I mean, I'll remind Sun Devils, if, if he ever gets to this point, I mean, this is Ring of Honor kind of level guy I'm about to compare him to. But Will Sutton was also an undersized power rusher from the interior. If BJ Green can even flirt with that kind of upside, that would be huge. But this is really, really good Really news. quick, sorry to interject. I want to say it was either Jordan Simone, somebody, uh, a big, big Sun Devil name as far as the media goes, made... I think it was Simone. He made actually kind of a similar comparison. He said, and I I shouldn't say I quote because I'm not looking at the tweet, but he basically said uh, that BJ Green has a lot of Will Sutton to him. So, like, I, I understand that 
you even prefaced it with saying that this is a potential ring of honor player for ASU and he's only a freshman. But you're not the only one saying that. So, I mean, it's, it's really not that far out there. It's not that crazy. Again, lots to look forward to. Sorry oh, for interrupting you. Oh, no, you're good. I'll go ahead and flex on that. Sorry, comparison. I think Jordan Simone was copying you, I think is what it was. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, he, he probably listens to this podcast all the time. If you do, Jordan, we love you. But <laughs> but no, I mean, this, this is a guy who's going to give you a lot of confidence going into next year. Connor, we've talked about this defensive line and the potential that they have going into 2022. It's going to be one of, if not the biggest strength of the Sun Devils team next year because Christian Lole is returning. Trevez Moore, if he stays healthy, showed a lot of promise and is returning as well. You still have Omar Norman Lott, another freshman, and now you have BJ Green in the mix too. So most of those guys on the interior, you're going to find a way to shuffle them around and get the absolute most out of them. But a defensive front with those four guys being rotated in, Connor, that gives me a lot, a lot of hope for 2022. Like like we said, that that's definitely going to be one of the one of the big strengths of this team. Now we do got to talk about a couple other guys who stood out. Eric Gentry had himself a rock solid game. Five tackles, got a tackle in the backfield too on on uh, on Braylon Allen. He continues to look like he could be a possible future for them. Box score was not overly impressive for Gentry, but that being said, if you watch the game, he just felt like he was all over everything. Whether he was making the tackle or, or kind of like bringing up the rear, he just he felt like he was very involved in the game. I did make a bold prediction that he would force a turnover, which he has not this year. But for a Pac-12 All-American, while he had, did not have like several sacks in the interception, Dude was all over the field. I look very much forward to Eric Gentry and uh, really for the rest of his career as a Sun Devil. And Connor Soley was another guy who really stood out. He also had five tackles by himself. And a heck of a way to go out was Tamarcus Davis, who senior who barely got on the field at all because of how deep the Sun Devils were in the secondary. But he had a team leading nine tackles and had himself an interception and deflected a couple of balls too. So Tamarcus Davis, really, really strong performance. Uh, arguably the best performance on the defensive side of the ball thrown in there with B.J. Green. So he he was one of the reasons that ASU was able to stay in this game is because he was a strong tackler and he did get the Sun Devils' only defensive turnover. I don't want to rat us out. Like I, I don't want to make you guys think that, well, these guys don't know what they're talking about. We, we talk about the Sun Devils five days a week. And even if you disagree with us, we know this team basically inside and out. When Tamarcus Davis got that touchdown, I, I kind of sat there watching the game and I was like, who? But as you had mentioned, Sun Devils were very deep in the secondary this year. Guy who's a senior not coming back. Not so much like a, a incoming freshman or a young freshman. Like, let's use BJ Green as an example. Uh, just kind of chock full of talent that we expected a lot more from the future. So, great play uh, and, and showing some depth from the Sun Devils this year. So, uh, just kind of was what it was. But uh, only provided uh, the only, as you had mentioned, the only touchdown for the Sun Devils team, which they absolutely needed it. Pretty much. So that, that that's as much good as we can talk about with this game. So we'll go ahead and enter our first break. But before we go, we do got to talk about Built Bar. Yeah, so you bring up a good point. Built Bar, we've been talking about them for what feels like ever, at least since we've been doing the podcast. But hey, it's the new year. Uh, so happy new year to you guys. But that means with New Year's resolutions, if you're about like getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Maybe even better than the candy bar. But Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions. Because it tastes so good, you want to eat it. But unlike other protein bars, which can be a little bit chalky or waxy, it tastes like a, or it tastes even like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. 
by week three of January, you might be thinking, you know what, this just isn't worth it. Where's the chocolate? But Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. But when you look at the nutrition facts, they've only got 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 uh, calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. That's not even comparable, which that's not even comparable. So here's an idea for the new year. Go to all of your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever that is. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can even reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from too. So many flavors and they come out with new ones constantly. They have coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, and mint brownie, which is my personal favorite, but also they have many, many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with those new flavors, as I had mentioned, and sometimes they're even limited flavors. So check that out at Built.com every so often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use that promo code LOCKED15 and get 50% off your order. Again, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Thanks again for making the Locked on Sun Devils podcast your first listen every day. Connor, we're free and available on all platforms. Well, did you say all platforms? All platforms. That's the best part about this podcast. Wow. Free. Like wherever else you listen to your podcasts? Anywhere. Yeah. Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and it's free. It's that's, a free podcast. That's convenient for listeners. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's got to be the big pick-me-up considering how down in the dumps we normally are when we talk about Speaking Arizona State. of down in the dumps. This Sun Devils team, while there was some good that we just talked about, that was Time to, to be hide. negative Nancy. That was to hide all the bad things that happened during this game, which if you're a Sun Devil fan and you watch this game, we share your pain, guys. Like That was so incredibly frustrating. It's not that a lot of it was unpredictable. We had, what, six penalties? Six, six penalties. penalties. Which I guess in like the defense of the team is almost significantly less than what they average. But a lot of them felt untimely as well, which probably made those penalties feel so much worse than just six. Yeah, I know towards the end of the game, Omar Norman Lott had some kind of like offsides or encroachment penalty that ended up giving Wisconsin a first down that allowed them to basically take out the remainder of the clock into the game. Yeah, and we can't like pin the loss necessarily on that one play, but again, untimely. Incredibly, and I mean... I, go ahead and put your cap on, Connor. I will be negative I Nancy, and you can be Debbie Downer. So we started. I wanted to be negative Nancy, though. Bomber, I called it first. So we talk. <laughs> we talk about those penalties, but Connor, the penalties only do so much when the rest of your team is suffering. We ran the ball thirty-three times, and obviously, some of those are sacks. there. There are six quote-unquote carries that are sacks. So you know, what? let's start there. You gave up six sacks, and the best part, you're losing four. Of your five offensive linemen for next year. I can't remember off the top of my head. Just because that game was played on Thursday, I didn't make any notes specifically about sacks that were Jaden Daniels' fault. Because I'd be willing to bet one or two. There was a couple where he just stepped right into it. Granted, when you have that many sacks in the game, normally it's not always on the offensive line. When you have a mobile quarterback too, sometimes if your quarterback's not very smart about like getting rid of the ball or trying to just get the ball out, I guess I'm saying the same thing twice, but if they're not like cognizant of the defensive line as they're rolling out of the pocket, sometimes those sacks can be on them. So regardless, six total sacks given up in this game. But that means we had, what, 27 other carries 
and I, I don't even know how many yards those sacks came for, but I can't imagine it was more than like 20-ish, right? Probably not. No, it just, it, it, I mean, think about it. That ends up being 27 carries. For about 80-ish yards, give yeah, or take. Which is still, that that's barely over, over yeah, barely three yards a carry. That's, that's if the sacks weren't including more yards. So regardless, we, we, talk, we talked up uh, Danny Nagata a lot. I don't want to pin too much of this on him. Right, Wisconsin's got a good defense. If if he lit them up for 150 plus yards, almost regardless of the amount of carries he got, that would have surprised me. It's not because Daniel Nagata is short on talent. He's not. That being said, very scary to see this run game without your top two running backs from earlier on this season, that being Rashad White and Chip Trainum. We do like Daniel Nagata. You are getting Tevin White in the building. It's not that all hope is lost per se, but even Jaden Daniels wasn't effective on the ground with his legs. So, the, with the ground game not being there, it turned us into a very one-dimensional kind of offense, which was not our strength. Um, I just want you to know that I don't appreciate you making a short comment about five foot nine Daniel Ligato. I, 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 listen. If anyone else out there thought I was making a short comment on Daniel Ligato, tweet at me on Twitter. Like, let's talk about it. I, I didn't think that was even a thing. Look, our short kings out there, we absolutely love you. Don't let Connor's height discrimination get you down. A whopping 5'11", correct. <laughs> and a half. 5'11 and a half. That's okay. Sad brag. I, I mean, the, the run game was incredibly disappointing. With Jaden, at least he was a really good runner. Again, take away, he had 19 carries. Take away six of those. That's 13 carries. Probably a little over 60 yards four, on the ground. Four to five yards a pop somewhere in there. Not... Not electric per se, but it's also not killing you. There were a couple of plays though that got wiped out by penalties. Oh, there was a big touchdown that got wiped out. Yes, wasn't it, there? yes. I don't remember who got that penalty, uh, but that goes back to the whole untimely thing. Jaden Daniels ripped off probably like a, a 30, 40 yarder, I think at least. Was it in the second half? I, I'm, I'm still trying yes, to remember this. It was. Later on in the game, uh, that I don't know if it would have put the, the Sun Devils up, uh, or at least obviously would have made the game much closer than what it was, but. Regardless, untimely penalty that wiped out a big run by Jaden. Yep, totally frustrating, and that's been the story of the Sun Devils all year long, is the inability to just stay out of your own and stay out of your own way. And not only was the run game bad, Connor, the pass game was not much better. Jaden Daniels barely completed fifty percent of his passes, and he still found a way to throw an interception with no touchdowns. It's difficult, short of like I think I already used an example for this, but the UCLA game where Jaden had like two or three 50 yard touchdowns in that game. Pearsall was responsible for two of them. I can't remember the third one, if there was a third one, but unless you're just hyper efficient, Jaden Daniels on the, the box score level, it's not going to look very impressive because he, he had 21 passes in this game for the season. He probably averaged less than 25 a game. That's not, that's not a lot to work with. That being said, when you're still completing 11 out of 21, I don't care how many like passes you're attempting. It's percentage. And it wasn't a very good percentage. Ricky Pearsall was about as reliable as usual. Um, had a couple clutch catches. One of them specifically was in traffic, I remember, for a big first down. Pearsall is a stud for what he is. He's not next wide receiver. This offense is missing receivers desperately. Like, I understand Akil Harry's not having a great time in the NFL. If he's able to come back for his master's degree, if that's a thing, let's make that happen. Because otherwise... Jalen Strong can come back for his Jaylen, doctorate. Jalen Strong can come back for, for all I care about. So... Uh, this ASU team is severely lacking weapons, and we talked like it's a young group. They do have time to develop, but at the same time, like unless Jaden Daniels develops with them, it's not going to matter. It's not going to get them much better unless they can both grow together. 
Yeah, and on that note, uh, you had five guys who caught passes. So of of Jaden's eleven completions, eight of them were between Ricky Pearsall and LV Monkley-Sean. The other three were to uh, Jalen Conyers, I believe is how you say that. It was a thirty-five yard catch. Elijah Badger had a catch, and George Hart the third had a catch. Badger should have been hit for a long touchdown. Uh, Jaden probably missed him by almost five yards. Almost. Yeah, that uh, sounds right. It was even in like, I want to say it was in double coverage too, maybe before the end of the first half or something. Uh, but a friend of the podcast, Donnie Druin from, uh, from uh, essentially all Sendables for Sports Illustrated, made a, a bold prediction that he was going to catch five passes. Badger probably wouldn't have got quite to five, but he could have been much more effective in this game if Jaden Daniels could just hit him. And that's the problem, is Daniels has has just shown a complete inability to be able to do that this year. At least consistently. like He, yes. he, he might have, have shown flashes here and there. But it's not enough. It's just it's not enough to compete consistently. Like We're talking about a team that went 8-5, and five, which it could be worse, but we're not here to celebrate mediocrity. We're just not. No. They, he needs to do better, just plain and simple. But the good news, he's coming back for his senior year. Ricky Pearsall and L.B. Bunkley-Shelton should both be returning as well. You've got a couple guys coming in. You get more Andre Johnson. We're praying for more Chad Johnson Jr., if for no other reason than just because I want to see Ocho Cinco Jr. Can Ocho Cinco show up in a uniform with that jersey? Is it funny that I actually think he could be just as good as like a Ricky Pearsall on this team? I mean, his dad's also probably... I, I think his son's a little bit on the slimmer side. So his dad's, at, even at his age, might be significantly bigger than him still. That sounds right. So he probably couldn't pass off for too long. But maybe it's like the crop top jersey that, uh, that Zeke has at times, or at least the shirt, you know? There you go. But if he's effective, I, I don't think you're terribly wrong. So the one more thing I want to talk about before we close out, unless you have something else to talk about, but the lone touchdown that the, that the Sun Devils... Uh, uh, excuse me. The lone touchdown that Graham Burtz had as a passer went to a tight end. Hey, we're bad against tight ends. How fitting is that, Connor? That, of course, we gave up a touchdown to a tight end in the final game of the year. Now, they weren't torched. Jake Ferguson, the tight end who caught the touchdown, only had three catches for 33 yards. So it's I not mean, like Ferguson, they were... If Ferguson did go out at some right. point, I think, like early in the third, yes. maybe. It's not like they got torn apart through the air. They still only gave up 137 rushing yards. So passing yards, excuse me. Yes, they gave up 137 passing yards, and they did get an interception. They gave up a touchdown. It's just, it's, it feels like just the perfect ending to the season is the one passing touchdown you gave up. Of course, Grant, tight end. Graham Mertz came into this game did not have an impressive season. We we highlighted going That's into the, the the preview of uh, essentially of this game. They had more interceptions combined between him and his backup. Then they had passing touchdowns on the season. Mertz, while again, he did not throw for a ton of yards. He had 137 through the air. He only had like four completions. What was he, like 11 for 15 or something like that? Yes, he was Uh, 11 of 15. And he was more timely. He did not have a ton of pass attempts. Again, 15 passes is not essentially a lot of wiggle room for him to be able to dominate this game. We knew he wasn't necessarily going to be able to do that coming into it. But he made the most of those 15 pass attempts. And that was kind of the big difference in this game. Yep, so ultimately, it just there, there's a lot that went wrong, namely on the offense. The defense really did its part for the most part of the game. But with that being said, we're going to go ahead and finish up our football talk here. When we return for our third and final segment, we got to talk about some basketball now. And unfortunately, they did deal with a loss. But hey, Sun Devils fans, this is Richie Bradshaw with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about Get Upside. 
My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to 50% gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. And we return for the third and final segment of a Monday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. I'm really bummed that this is not a victory Monday. And Connor, we're not going to have a victory Monday, at least football edition, for eight months. A little less than eight months. We can have moral victory Mondays. Oh, you know how much I hate moral victories. Don't even say that. What if the Sun Devils make a big splash? By like a Cyrus Moss? By, by signing it. For a the love of God, Cyrus, if for some reason you're listening to this... I will, I will, I'll give you the biggest hug you've ever seen. Yeah, but what if he can get that in Alabama? Um, they were on the street, right? It was like them, like Miami, USC, Oregon. How, how about this? I, I'll show you all the fun places on Mill Ave. Yeah. That's all of them. Bama don't have that. So you, you come to Tempe. But in the meantime, it, it just – it's so – it's such a bummer we're not going to have victory on Mondays. But – Hopefully, we do have some victory episodes throughout the week when the Sun Devils basketball team actually gets a win. But unfortunately, we don't even get a, a victory Monday for today because they got their booties handed to them at the hands of the California Golden Bears. I don't want to say this like we're looking down on Cal because it's not like we're not that guy, pal. We're not that great of a basketball team so far this season. We've definitely been a little bit below average, below our expectations. That being said... Cal lost seven games coming into this one. Seven. Now, I understand that. That's not going to last forever. They've got to win a game eventually. And how about going against an ASU team that has not been overly impressive this season? Not that surprising. But to lose by 24? Now, Richie, I'm going to throw a narrative at you that might make us all feel a little bit warmer. But at the end of the day, I'm calling a spade a spade. It's an excuse. ASU has not played a game in probably a little over two weeks now. Uh, essentially as they were getting ready to play Arizona on the 8th. Um, that being said, is it the lack of competition that they weren't ready for this game? I, I, I couldn't tell you, Connor. It's so frustrating because we had talked about what is this team going to look like? Are they going to be rusted or are they going to be or are they going to be rested going into this game? And unfortunately, they look rusted. They looked really off balance. And we didn't even get Marcus Bagley back. So that's the other big bummer is you had all this time. You still didn't get him back. And look, we're not we're not rushing him to get back on the court. We I am. We it's wa- time. Come on, sir. You you need to calm down. It's 2022 now. You don't get to just tell people how quickly their recovery process should be. Okay. Well, Mr. we also Trios. we were also missing Alonzo Gaffney. Which end of the day, like you insert both those players back in the lineup. Not guaranteeing a win because this team's not executing, whether it is on offense or defense consistently. The coaching staff doesn't seem to be essentially getting into these kids' heads like they need to be. So we're, we're not 
my point in bringing that up is I think the whole rust thing is really an excuse because how do you lose to a team this poorly who is playing their essentially terrible basketball, losing seven games? I, I just I can't buy the whole rust argument that that is essentially is just to make the Sunderville fans feel better. Um, well, I, I, excuse me. I guess I should say seven games to Arizona State. So you, you've had their their number. Regardless, you did not have their number tonight at all. And and dude, like looking at essentially the contributors for this game, like nobody. It seems like we have to give out a bunch of participation trophies. Like this team got smacked, and really only like DJ Horn showed up, had seventeen points, was solid, going six for ten, so sixty percent on uh, his overall shots. Definitely uh, very good. Horn had the first three-point made that was in the second half. We went 0 for 9 to start from deep, dude. 0 for 9. That's crazy. Like, I, I understand, like, we say this every time they have a bad game shooting from deep. Like, you're if you're going to live and die by that, like, the nights that are making it, it's like, wow, we should do this more often. No. No, because your team, they, they don't seem to have that skill set of shooters. And even if you want to make the argument coming into the year that we had some of those players, they're not consistently getting it done. I just I would like to see a lot of small ball in a sense uh, and just try to drive to the hoop and get a lot of dinky little shots. Try to make some dunks because at this point, like trying to shoot from deep is not necessarily working for this team. Dude, after sorry, a- after DJ Horn, who else really played in this game? Bache. Bache had so, nine points. Bache was solid. Um dude was very, very physical when he was on the courts. So I, I definitely liked his play. Definitely one of the lone bright spots coming off the bench. Otherwise, like, Kamani Lawrence only had eight points. He was efficient going three for six, but otherwise this team was totally discombobulated. My boy Marion Jackson going one of nine, one of ten, excuse me, and 0 for four on three points. He got, Connor, he got three of his five points from free throws. He is such a huge liability for you. Hey, but he led the team with two assists. Two. That led the team. This team is not moving the ball around. You're making a face because it's only two assists. That's disgusting, dude. Like, we want to like Marion. We want to like him. Incoming kid is a transfer. Like, there was a decent amount of upside to this kid, but the confidence is not there. It's just not. I'm sorry. It's not so much that he cost you this game, but if someone played average, I guess, at the same position, you're at least much closer. That being said, who are you putting on the essentially off their bench? In his place. I mean, seriously, you really don't have anyone. No, and I mean, that's another reason reason why we desperately need Bagley to get back, dude, is we got to get Marion off the court for 29 minutes. Like, he needs to be someone that you get in for occasional, occasional opportunities. Like, if Marion Jackson is your sixth man... Perfect. As long as he's his confidence is back, I agree. Because the way he's playing right now, I don't care if he's on the bench. I don't care if he's in the starting roster. I don't care if he's sitting in the stand. He's hurting you, regardless of what he's doing for the Sun Devils team. Yeah, absolutely. So we want him to turn it around. Like you said, there was like well-deserved hype coming into this year. Like We truly thought that he could be one of the faces of the Sun Devils basketball team. And unfortunately, he just hasn't been. And like I said, like I, I mean this in as nice a way as possible. I don't think you do. He is a liability, Connor. We straight up cannot rely on him to be like just someone that you can count on when it matters most to take that clutch shot. So it totally. just it, it is what it is, I suppose. Totally agree. Uh, this game is really out of hand for ASU for the most part. They, I think Cal made their first four, or they were like four or five to start the game. 
Uh, meanwhile, ASU had won. They were down like 9-2 by the first time out. After that, ASU did pull within like two points. They were down 13-11. But that was as close as the game got. After Essentially, in the first half, uh, Cal went on several runs, and they were down like, I think, 15 by the end of the first half. And really, the second half, like, they were scoring okay to start the second half, but Cal was right there with them. They didn't really cut into the deficit very much, and Cal ended up pulling away. Uh, DJ Horn did end up hurting himself on a jump shot, but luckily came right back into the game. I, I don't think from everything we've heard so far, as far as like press game information, it doesn't seem like Horn's going to be uh, having any lingering effects from whatever was bothering him. Because if they lose DJ Horn, like w- there, there's not a lot of positives to talk about for this team right now. If you lose Horn, that, that's ASU is almost participating in other other basketball games. So. Before we end this this uh, podcast, we do have to talk about UCLA, who they originally rescheduled their game for like, I want to say it was like uh, December 20, like early 20s. They have now uh, rescheduled the game for January 5th, so they do get to play them right before they get to play Arizona on January 8th. So you get a, a after this tough loss to Cal, uh, they've had all this time off. They now get two games against r- opponents ranked inside the top 10 in the country. So it's going to be a very... Ooh. That is that your like war cry? Ooh. You're gonna have to do a like if that's if that's coming from the the curtain of distraction uh, for the Sun Devils when they play Arizona. At least we got that going for us. I, we someone needs to find a stat for how effective the curtain of distraction's been this year. I, I apparently not very effective. We we can find it somewhere. We just need to find it. So if anyone can find it, please let us know. It's not getting them wins in the win column. However. It's still funny. How is the, the curtain of distracting helping them cover the spread? That's the more important stat. Exactly. What is their free throw percentage when they're playing at Desert Financial Arena? So now two more games at least coming up this week. They play uh, UCLA at UCLA on January 5th, and then they get the Cal. Uh, well, they get uh, U of A back here in Tempe on January 8th. Very tough test for the Sun Devils this upcoming week. Pretty much. So, But we'll be previewing that for the Wednesday edition. But until then, that's going to go ahead and wrap up the Monday edition of the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, making us your first listen tomorrow when we return. Me and Connor will have plenty of football to talk about as we go over New Year's resolutions for the football team and a little bit of resolutions as well for the basketball team. Are we going to keep these resolutions, or are we just going to talk about them and uh, don't follow up on that? That's my plan. I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm probably going to go get a gym membership and then not go and. Pay for it for eight months before I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I'm really broke. I've lost a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I did that forever, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about New Year's resolutions for our Arizona State Sun Devils football and basketball team, what they need to do better for next season for football and how they need to improve for the current season for basketball. Go ahead and make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Just like the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, it's free and available on all platforms. And remember that we're we're everywhere. Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Monday through Friday. It's me and Connor giving you the best Arizona State Sun Devils content in the whole wide world. At me if you want. And you know what? Go ahead and at me on Twitter, at RichieBrads36, at Connor on Twitter, at Cedrios. And of course, the Locked on Sun Devils page, at LO underscore. And until next time, you keep it locked right here. Unlocked on some levels.